Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go with me, if you would, today to Colossians, Colossians chapter 1. Two weeks ago, I used this passage and uh, was talking about, well, a number of things, but I just want to talk about one uh, passage that I used two weeks ago and then go into more detail on it. In chapter 1, let's begin with verse number 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the authority of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. I especially want to look at verse number 12. And it says that he, that we give thanks to the father who has qualified us to be partakers of our inheritance. Well, the first thing we need to understand is that we have an inheritance. Most Christians, when they think, if they think at all about their inheritance in Christ, you know what an inheritance is, don't you? An inheritance is something that is, usually it's left to you after someone dies. I don't know if that has to necessarily be the case, but that's a usual case. Someone dies and they leave you An inheritance, it's given to you. An inheritance in such a a case is something that's given to you to have, to take possession of. You take ownership of it. It becomes yours. Once it becomes yours, nobody can get it from you. It belongs to you. But it's, it's, it's not just yours to hold to your chest and keep, you know, in, in, with clenched fists. An inheritance is something that's given to you to use. It's yours, but you're supposed to use it. You have the freedom to enjoy it. Amen? That's what, an, that, that's what, that's what the, the giver of the inheritance intended for you to do. The person that passes something on to you didn't intend for you to not enjoy it. He intended you, he or she intended you to take it and use it. Use it wisely, but use it. Take advantage, take advantage of it. That's what inheritance is for. And the other thing that comes to my mind when I think about an inheritance is in addition to the fact that it's something given to me to use and to uh, benefit from and to enjoy, I always remind myself that it's the fruit of somebody else's labor. You didn't do anything. Amen. Someone for relative passes away and gives you, a, you know, some real estate. Well, you didn't buy the real estate. You didn't develop the real estate. You didn't build the house. You didn't pay for the bills. It was just given to you. It's the fruit of somebody else's labor and you enter into that. That's a pretty good deal. Mostly inheritances, inheritances, is that the right way to say it? Mostly they're good. Most things are good. I remember when I was a kid, I got an inheritance I didn't like. I had a real bad rash on the, on the back of both of my knees that I had since as early as I can remember. 
and it was a chronic condition and, and it just itched all the time and I would scratch it and scratch it and scratch it and it was always raw and I won't go into all of that, but it was a, it was really a troubling uh, skin condition. And I, they, my parents tried all kinds of remedies. I mean, they called, I tried all kinds of things, you know. And I think I was about 13 or 14 years, maybe 14 years old when my doctor, my mom took me to the doctor, took me to a dermatologist. And he looked at it, you know, examined it, and he said, well, he said, this condition, he gave it a name. He said, it's the result of, of, of asthma. Well, I'd never had any asthma, never had an asthma attack. He said, there's somebody in your family that has asthma, and this is passed down as a result of asthma. And I remember at 14 years old, I went out that day, and I, saw, and I told my mom, I remember saying, I said, great. Some people get money. As an inheritance, I got a rash. <laughs> but most of the time, inheritances are good things. Amen? We have an inheritance. Go with me. You're here in Colossians. Go over to Ephesians chapter 1. Hallelujah. Verse 11 says, In him that is in Christ, also we have obtained an inheritance. Notice it, it's, not, it's not something we're looking forward to in the future. I started to say that a while ago. Most people, when they, if they think about a, a spiritual inheritance, something that's given to them by God, most of the time they think about something that they're going to get when they get to heaven. My inheritance is, is waiting for me in heaven. It says here we have obtained an inheritance. That means we have, we have things that belong to us now that have been given to us. Well, amen. It's good news. Go over with me to Acts chapter, uh, Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, verse 32. Now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. In other words, all the saints. How do you get your inheritance? How does it come to you? Through the word. The inheritance has been given, but it comes through the word. Because you won't know about your inheritance until you get into the word and find out what it is. And if you don't know what it is, you can't act on it. You know, there are always, you know, people that uh, uh, they can't find, you know, someone has an, uh, an inheritance to pass along, they can't find the heirs. I've heard about situations like that. Well, if they can't find the heir, if the heir isn't notified, then he has something that belongs to him that has been given to him that he could use and enjoy, but he does without because he didn't know about it. Well, to not know about it is, 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 is almost like it wasn't given. He doesn't think he has anything. Maybe he was left, you know, a million dollars. Well, if he doesn't know about it, he could be living in poverty. And somebody said, uh, wouldn't you like to have a million dollars? Oh, I sure would. You don't have a million dollars? No, I'm broke. Well, the fact is, he has a million, a million dollars available to him, but nobody told him. The word of God, it says right here, is able to do two things, to build us up, and to give us our inheritance. And notice, it's, a, it's, it's an inheritance that belongs to all the saints. Well, amen. Go with me over to Acts 26. Few of you might know this verse, this passage. Verse 18, we're instructed to open their eyes, talking about the people around us. 
in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the authority of Satan to God, that they may do two things, receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance, and an inheritance among all those who are sanctified by faith in me. All those who are sanctified would be all the saints. Isn't that what we just read in Acts chapter 20? Yes, amen. Glory to God. Now, here's a scripture that throws people sometimes. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. It seems to me that religion and religious tradition and church tradition has made us inclined to always think the worst. (laughs) Uh, To religious tradition and church tradition has pre- Uh, conditioned us to read every blessing out of every blessing we read. To put it off to the future. Now look at this verse. 1 Peter 1 verse 4. Well, verse 3 says, Blessed be God the Father. Uh, Says he has begotten us to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Now, now the, the religious mind would say, yeah, when, I, when we get to heaven. We used to sing, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing it will be. I thought we were supposed to rejoice here. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. But no, when we all get to heaven, all of our tears and sorrows will be over. All of our pain will be behind and we'll have a great day. And oh, I just, and we'd, we, would, we would sing songs like that and we'd cry. Just weep, big old tears. We thought we were being blessed and we were being robbed. We thought we were crying tears of, of expectation and joy about something that belonged to us and we were being robbed in our tears. <laughs> Reserved in heaven. Yep, there it goes. There it is right there. It's waiting for you, us in heaven. We can't, notice it says it's reserved in heaven. Doesn't say you can't touch it now. Amen. When I, uh, my wife and I just made some reservations. You know, we're going to Africa, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. We're traveling. We're going to uh, be uh, conducting a pastor's conference in the country of Zambia, the city of Lusaka. And we're going to be under the uh, leadership of Christopher Allen. He's going to be ducting, conducting a gospel crusade there in the nighttime. And Pastor Angela and I are going to be conducting, conducting a minister or pastor's conference in the daytime. Well, we've made some reservations. And we get there, we want a hotel room. Well, you know, I like, I like to have reservation on paper. I like to have confirmation. We were dealing with this one company and, they, and, and the website said one thing and the, and the paperwork we got downloaded said something different. And I'm on the phone. I'm saying, yeah, but this download, the, what, what you say that we got here isn't what I clicked on. This is not what I selected. I, it, there's more provision. They assured me on the phone, no, don't worry about it. Trust me, you have it. it it's not written on the paper, but it's yours. I don't like that. I don't like that. too many times. You know, when I get to Lusaka, Zambia, and I, I, want, I want to have a documentation on their letterhead that says I have such and such of features. Isn't that right? 
Because I've shown up. I went to a hotel one time. Actually, it wasn't me. I was with somebody. And we checked into a hotel. And this other couple, they were checking into a hotel. And uh, we were going to one of Brother Hagen's meetings. And my wife and I had reservations. And we went to the desk. And they checked us in. This other couple come up. And they said, we have reservation. What's your confirmation number? We gave them the confirmation. No, we don't have your name down. And they said, yeah, yeah, we've got a confirmation number. They'd written it down on a piece of paper. Here's our confirmation number. They said, well, we don't have it. Well, we got a confirmation number. And they said, it's not in our computer. Well, they had a reservation, but there was no, there was, there, there was no record of it. I'm sure they actually made the reservation, but somehow something got dropped. I, when I go, when I check into a hotel, I'm checking, I'm checking in today, but last week that was reserved for me. And it's been hell, it's, it's reserved at Marriott. <laughs> it's reserved wherever their headquarters is. That's where my reservation, that's where my inheritance or my, 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 uh, the thing that I'm going to enjoy, that's where it's registered, but I use it when I need it. When it's time to check in, it's time to get it. The, the, uh, the good speed translation says, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, does not fade away. And it says to, which it says, good speed says, which, it's written real small here, and my, and my writing's not real good, which is kept safe for you in heaven. See, it's protected. It's reserved. And that word in the Greek means to watch over, to observe, to safeguard, to protect, and to set aside. Our, and he started by saying it's, it's an inheritance that's incorruptible, undefiled. In other words, it's something that can't be ruined, something that can't be compromised. There are a lot of things in life that, wanna, that will want to ruin the things that belong to you. They'll want to defile your inheritance and set it aside and make it corruptible, make it useless, make it no good, make it ineffective. Said, so, no, our inheritance is incorruptible, undefiled, cannot be moved, cannot pass away because it's safeguarded in heaven. Amen. Glory to God. We've already read that we have the inheritance now. Well, that's good news. Glory to God. What is our inheritance? Well, go to first. Corinthians chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared. Notice the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Doesn't say the things God might prepare for some of those who love him. God has prepared things for us. They're prepared. It's our inheritance. They, they belong to us. God has revealed these things to us through his spirit, the next verse says. And then verse 12 says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. And notice that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. The inheritance includes the things God has prepared for us. And they've been freely given to us. Glory to God. 
And the Holy Spirit has been sent to reveal these things to us. The Holy Spirit is, is, uh, like, the, is like the clerk in the attorney's office, the legal assistant that makes contact with the, with the heirs and said, we have, we have something for you. You need to come and, and, and listen to the document. You need to read the document. There's going to be a reading. And so the Holy Spirit enlightens us, turns us to the word where we get into the documents where our inheritance is, is revealed. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Now, last uh, or two Sundays ago, go back to Colossians chapter one. We read some, uh, I read some translations to you and I'm not gonna go over the entire list of translations and all of the verbiage. But uh, in verse number 12, it says, giving thanks to the fathers, Colossians 1.12, who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints. Remember that? All of those who are sanctified. We read that in two different places. The inheritance of the saints in the light. I pointed out several uh, translations and, and uh, from various translations and paraphrases, we see these words, giving thanks to the Father who has made us fit to partake of our inheritance who has made us ready. You're ready. Well, I don't feel ready. You're ready. God made you ready. Another translation said, who has made us sufficient to partake of our inheritance. Another translation said, made capable, giving thanks unto the Father who has made us capable to partake of our inheritance. You know you're capable you might have been told all your life that you're not capable, that you're not able, that you're not qualified. But the next translation is what we read in the King James, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to partake of the inheritance. Now, I don't know about your background, but I suspect many of you could, could bear witness along the same line that, that uh, what I experienced. I grew up with an unworthy mentality. And I got it primarily from church. I was constantly preached at and told that I, I didn't deserve anything, that I wasn't worthy of anything, and that, uh, uh, you know, just that God, we, we, we would always say something like this, that when God looks at us, you know, even though we're in a sinful condition, he looks at it, this was the expression, he looks at us through the blood of Jesus, and that's how he can stand to look at us, was basically what the message was. Well, the blood of Jesus certainly has cleansed us, but it's not a filter that God has to look at to make something so disgusting as us, you know, uh, appeal and be, and so he can barely even look at us except through the blood. That's not what the blood does, except for, except for Deborah here. I'm just kidding. Come over here where Q is. Hallelujah. Pick on him for a while. No, we, the blood of Jesus cleansed us from all sin and shame. It says here that we've been made able, that we've been made capable. We've been qualified. You have been qualified. You are qualified. 
Like I said, my church upbringing told me I wasn't qualified. That if I worked real hard, if I prayed enough, if I did enough good deeds, you know, if it just, if I just worked at it real hard, I might qualify for just a pinch. Just a little blessing. We used to sing a song. Mercy drops round me are falling, but for the showers we plead. Dear Lord, mercy drops. And that we just thought, well, if we just get a little mercy drop from heaven once in a while, we'll be okay. We plead for the, oh my Lord. (laughs) Songs that were just embalmed with unbelief. (laughs) So I grew up that way. Just thinking, well, you know, God can't hardly stand to look at me. Just tolerates my presence. And I'm unworthy. And that creates uh, uh, kind of an inferiority complex in general. Religion will do that to you. So I grew up with an inferiority complex. I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't good looking enough. I wasn't witty enough. It didn't help that I hung around all the, all the smart people. That made it even worse. I just faked my way through. But uh, when I came to Christ, I found out that he changed me. And this scripture says he qualified us to partake of every part of our inheritance. Every aspect of it. Now, I got real bold two weeks ago and read two other scriptures that make religious people want to itch, you know, makes them break out. One, one of those translations says, giving thanks to the Father who has entitled us. Entitled. Now that makes religious people flat mad. Well, what do you mean? You're not entitled to anything just by the grace? Yes, by the grace of God, I'm entitled. You're entitled not by what you did, because it's because of what he did he entitled you. When your grandpa leaves you a house, he gives you the title, you're entitled to it. You don't stand outside in the house and say, well, you know, I, this is my grandpa's house and I really don't deserve this. I didn't do anything. And just sleep in the yard. <laughs> no, you're in, you just go through, you just go right boldly through the door. Somebody tries to get you, right? say, no, this is my house. I'm entitled to this. My grandpa gave it to me. Amen. We're entitled to partake of the inheritance. And then it got very bold. One translation said, made us worthy. Oh, now, treading on, treading on shaky ground now, religious mind. Well, what do you mean? We're, we used to sing songs all the time about how unworthy we were. We had an unworthy consciousness all the time. You know, we're just, no, Christ made you worthy. You're not worthy in yourself. He made you worthy to partake of your inheritance. Now, you're worthy whether you feel like it or not. You're worthy whether you feel like it or not. Even when you miss it, even when you fail, doesn't take away your right to the inheritance. 
I'm going to say this again. Your sin, whenever you miss it, how many of you know Christians once in a while will sin? Has been heard of. As a believer, as a born-again child of God, when you sin, that sin is real, and it must be dealt with. But it doesn't change your worthiness to access the inheritance. Doesn't take away your right to the inheritance. What it does is it takes away the strength of your faith. It compromises your faith to lay hold of that inheritance because you can't, faith is, is the, is the soil. Or the, or the ground from which all of our blessings flow. We access everything by faith. Sin compromises your faith in the sense that it creates an, an attitude of sin consciousness and it makes you ashamed. That's why, that's why when we, when we sin, we immediately confess our sins because he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, when that happens, that washing, that sprinkling of the blood of Jesus cleanses the conscience from sin. But it didn't, the, the, our worthiness to have, our right, let me put it that way, our right to the inheritance never changed. Never changed. But once we confess our sin, we say, whoo, now, I'm, 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 that's out of my way. My conscience is clean. Now I'm going back for my inheritance. Praise God. Well, no, you got to do penance for a little while, you know, because you were bad for a while. God's going to hold this off for a little while till you learn your lesson. That's not true at all. That's not true at all. The inheritance is incorruptible, undefiled, even by your sin. Fade doesn't fade away. It's been safeguarded in heaven. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Now, when you talk about our inheritance... Our inheritance uh, are, involves all the provisions of redemption, all of the things that belong to us in redemption. But no provision of man's redemption has been secured willy-nilly. In other words, by mere divine fiat. God didn't just make a declaration that these things belong to you. That's not how redemption took place because Satan had a legal claim on mankind. He had a legal claim. Now, when God created the world, he did that just by a divine decree. He spoke. There was nothing holding him back. There was no legal problems. There, were no, there was nothing he had to work around. He just said, let creation be. And it came into existence. Our redemption didn't happen that way. God didn't just say it and just say, well, you're all forgiven. Because Satan had a legal claim on us. Because sin sold us out to his ownership. In the garden, remember? When Adam and Eve disobeyed God and obeyed the word of the devil, they died spiritually, and, and sin and spiritual death took hold of them, and Satan became the master of the human race. 
People complain that don't know God this well. If there's a God, you know, he sure has got this world in a mess. Look at all the people that are dying. Look at all the drugs that people are dying from, the crime or the hunger, you know, the poverty, all of the bad situations. Well, God, if he's, if he's running everything, he's sure got things to mess. He's not running everything. That's the problem. The New Testament calls Satan the God, little g, the God of this world. Jesus referred to him as the prince of this world. Well, Satan became the ruler of mankind and the God of this world, the little g, not God in heaven, but the, but the God, the controller, the supreme one of this world through Adam's sin. Well, God could, God could, God could have uh, hypothetically, but I'll tell you why he couldn't. He could have hypothetically said, I'm just freeing mankind, I'm just breaking this off of them, taking them back, forgiving everybody, restored everybody, giving eternal life to everybody that, you know, all of the, uh, of the people who had, had the nature of sin and, and spiritual death, I'm just wiping all of that out and just re- going to recreate everybody. Now, God has the power to do that, but he didn't have the legal right to do it. And the devil knew it and God knew the devil knew it. If, if God had done that, the devil would have had a right to challenge his righteousness. Because, because he knew that God had given the earth to mankind and placed him here in dominion, in a place of, of dominion and lordship over the earth. And that man, through Adam, gave it up. And, and the devil took it. Now, he tricked them, deceived Eve. We know that, but they, with their eyes open, they disobeyed and he, and he legally became the God of this, of this world. He owned it. So, so that, so God was not free to just willy nilly, just make a decree and change it. It had to been done. It had to be done uh, legally. So God sent a man. His name was Jesus. That's why he had to come here as a man. He had to become one of us. He had to live the life that man lives live it sinlessly, and then he went to the cross and broke the chains of bondage over the human race. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Go with me to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Start in verse 24, the last part of verse 24, Christ Jesus, verse 25 and 26, whom God set forth as a propitiation, that's a big word, just means a satisfaction, by his blood, through faith, to demonstrate, now now notice, to demonstrate God's righteousness, to demonstrate God's right. God had to demonstrate his righteousness. Do you follow in that? God set Jesus Christ forth as a, as, a, as a satisfaction, satisfy the claims of justice by his blood through faith to demonstrate his own, God's own righteousness. Why? Because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. You know, that's, that's referring to the old covenant. In the old covenant, people sinned. His own people, Israel, they sinned. 
They had a system of blood sacrifices, but we know from the book of Hebrews that it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. So the sins were not taken away. They were just covered. And that covering of of the sin of, of the blood of animals gave God the ability to pass over their sins. That's what he's talking about in his forbearance. God in times past forbear in his forbearance what does it say in his forbearance he passed over the sins that were previously committed well how that left god in a in a uh, a, a challenged position because the devil knew that they were still sinners the devil knew the children of israel were sinners he knew they weren't right he knew they did wrong But by the blood of Christ, he came, Jesus came and through his blood, he demonstrated God's righteousness in his forbearance when he had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time. God did that knowing that someone was going to come, that his, that his son was going to come and pay the penalty for sin. And that was the justification for doing that in the Old Testament. Though the, though the sacrifice hadn't been made and the devil challenged God on it. Well, in the New Testament, God has demonstrated, verse 26, at the present time, his righteousness, that he might be righteous, that word just means righteous, that he might be just and the justifier. There's not a word for righteousness-er. <laughs> That God might be righteous and the source of righteousness to those. See, God had to be righteous. God had to do it righteously. He had to do it legally. He had to do, he had to, he had to make sure the penalty had been paid. And that's what caused his forbearance in the Old Testament. He was looking to Christ. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. It's 1157. And I have five ways. Would you get anything out of what I've said already? There are five ways God qualified you for your inheritance. But it's too late for that this morning. <laughs> Praise the Lord. See, I just, I'm just thrilled with the word, every aspect of it. Hallelujah. God qualified you and he, did, and, he, and he did it five different ways. Can I give you the first one? You got time? He canceled your debt. <laughs> Go with me to Colossians chapter two. Oh, you, were, you, you, you owed God big time. <laughs> yeah, we, did, we all did. We owed God big time. We, we, we big time sinned. Yeah, we were, we were big time sinners. We had, we had majorly transgressed God's commandments. We had willfully and, and defiantly. I don't know about all, all of you, but in my case, I was very defiant against God. I wanted nothing to do with him. I'd been raised in church, and when I backslid as a young teenager, I wanted nothing to do. I resisted God. I did everything I could to defy the word and to, and to live contrary to the word. I was just in rebellion against God. 
verse, uh, Colossians 2, 13. And you, being dead in your trespasses, the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, that's Christ, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of, or, of, of requirements that was against us which was contrary to us, he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. There was a, there was a document. It was the law of God. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord your God. There, there were laws. And I was, and I was guilty and you were guilty. And that, made, that, that law was a, was a certificate of debt, indebtedness. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Margin of my Bible there where it says handwriting, that's, the note says certificate of debt with its debt. Having wiped out the certificate of debt with its debt. Oh, glory to God. Woo, Hallelujah. All our debt, all that we owed God, all that we were guilty of, all of the, all of the, of the judgment that was decreed that, you know, sin brings judgment. You shouldn't think that it doesn't. New Testament even, for which reason the wrath of God comes upon the unrighteous. Isn't that what the New Testament says? Sin calls for judgment. And we were guilty and there was a certificate of, of debt and, in, and it made us debtors. Ooh, glory to God. <laughs> Jesus took that law and all of those commandments that held us and all of the debt, everything that was stacked, everything that was in your name, all that stuff you did, you know, that long, Doug, that long, long list, real long list. Yeah, keep it, Doug said, keep on going. <laughs> Jesus took that, that list of your debt, Doug, and he nailed it to his cross. Glory to God. Canceled it. Canceled it. Canceled it. Glory to God. Woo. So when you go to, to claim your inheritance, you just remember the debt's been canceled. Glory to God. You can square your shoulders. Now, I'm, I don't owe anybody anything. Glory, you might own your mortgage company, but I'm not talking about that. Yeah, I don't owe, I don't owe in, the, in, the, in the sight of God and in the presence of God, I don't owe anything. Somebody paid it and the certificate was nailed to the cross. Talk about a mortgage burning day. Glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. He took that mortgage. He took that certificate of debt. He didn't, he didn't burn it. He nailed it to the cross. Glory to God. So everybody could see it. We're free from it. So when you come to the Lord to claim your inheritance, don't let anything from that old certificate, don't let anything from that old indebtedness that comes to your mind because the devil remembers. He'll try to remind you of the stuff you did and the debt you owe. Say, nope, canceled, 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 gone, over, canceled, finished, nailed to the cross. Glory to God. Well, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's stand up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. I'm so glad I found out. Oh, I'm so glad I found out. Glory to God. So glad somebody came with me with the new covenant. Told me about my inheritance. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Most people don't know about it. Most Christians don't know about it. They still think they're just a poor old sinner saved by grace. I'm just a poor old sinner. I don't deserve anything. God can't stand to look at me. (laughs) No. I was a poor old sinner. You were a poor old sinner. But you got saved by grace. By grace. You were saved. Hallelujah. So if you're saved, you're not a poor old sinner. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank God. Father, we just thank you today for what belongs to us. We thank you, Father, for our, our, our right. We're entitled to this inheritance. You've made us worthy to reach up and lay hold of every single provision, every blessing, every promise, every reality. All that Christ has done, all that he has secured, we are qualified. We are fit and ready, well able, very sufficient, and even worthy to lay hold of what belongs to us. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Amen. So when sickness tries to attach itself to your body, Just remember, nope, nope, I have an inheritance and it's mine. It's mine. I have a right to it. The devil will tell you you don't have a right to it because, you know, you cut that person off in traffic the other day and shook your fist at him, you know. Come over here. Maybe somebody over here has done that. You said, that person's just crazy. Look what that idiot did. No, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. I shouldn't have called that crazy person crazy. (laughs) I shouldn't have said anything about that idiot. (laughs) See, the devil reminds you of all sorts of little things and big things. When you come to, to, to before the throne of grace to obtain your mercy and to find help and to get an answer direction that you need, a healing that you need. Just remember the provision belongs to you. Glory to God. And by the confession of faith in Christ, if you have sin that's outstanding, confess it. If there's something you haven't dealt with, just confess it. He's faithful and just to do what? Forgive you of all sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Go back to the blessing. Go back to the blessing tree. Glory to God. Go back to the provision place. Claim your inheritance. Walk in the light of it. Know that it belongs to you. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. 
If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.